Brad and me often discuss a lot, and he has a story that really leads into what we're going to be in today. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Uh, and so if you want to turn your Bibles to there, or we'll have it on the screen. But I also want to give uh, Brad an opportunity to uh, tell, tell his story. And I'm excited for you to listen. All right, well, I'm going to tell you a story about the glory days of college. So, <clears throat> it is, it could be dangerous. It's, I'll tell you this, it's, it's not a story to my glory, it's to my shame. So, <laughs> for, the, for the glory of God. I played basketball at Bluffton University. And um, <clears throat> my senior year, I was the only senior on the team. I was a leading returning scorer. We didn't have very many juniors either. We had a lot of sophomores, freshmen. We had a, a lot of young talent. And so I had the responsibility of being kind of the leader of these young guys and the captain of the team that year. And every fall, we would have to come back early to school for the dreaded basketball conditioning. And my coach was very old school in his, in his conditioning. I felt like I was in track or cross country with the, with the conditioning that we did. Actually, we... we talked with the track team we actually did a harder workout than what the track team did in the fall and so um, part of this was we did a run around the city of Bluffton for several miles and every year we did this and it was the same same loop every time and so for all the years of playing the past years the older guys had passed down the secret shortcut on this loop. The secret shortcut that cut the, the full loop, this full run, in half. So we only had to run half of what this was, and it was miles. It was miles and miles. I mean, I think it was, it was up like three, four miles, something like that. So there's this place where you could, you would come to this crossroads where if you went right, you could cut through a field and essentially cut the run in half, or you would go left and run the full loop. And, um, this was like, this was ingrained in the fabric of, of Bluffton basketball preseason training. You take the shortcut. You all, I mean, the old guys are like, you always take the shortcut. Like, you, part of it was like, you had to get everyone on board with, we're taking the shortcut. You're following me on the shortcut, right? So, and we knew the, we knew the vehicle that coach drove. We knew the truck that he drove. So we had guys on the lookout, the younger guys. <laughs> that was their job. Watch out for the, the red truck or whatever it was. It was a pickup truck. And so I'm the guy that year. I'm the senior leading the pack. I'm in the front of the group. And we're doing the run. And I get up to the crossroads. I get up to this place where I'm going to either take the shortcut or I'm going to do the full loop. Well, I want to be faithful to what I was taught. So I'm going to take the shortcut. So I start, I get to this point, and I start to go to the right. Well, we have this sophomore on the team. His name is Scott Bergman. Scott Bergman, really great guy, really good player. I could tell, I, just as a sophomore, I could tell he was going to be really good. He had a lot of talent, a lot of skill. 
he ended up being the second leading scorer on the team that, that year. Um, so we were like the one-two one, two punch. Well, I get up to, to where I'm going to the right. I see someone off to my side going to the left. And so I stop, and he stops, and we both look at each other. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? I'm taking the shortcut. Why? I said, we, we always take the shortcut. I said, why aren't, why aren't you taking the shortcut? And I'll never forget this. I mean, I can remember it as vivid as it just happened yesterday because I'm standing here, guy's behind me, he's right over here to my left, and he turns and he goes, because I want to be the best player I can be. And he just takes off and starts running. So, and it just stung me. Like, I think I remember it so much because it just stung to my inner core. Because now it wasn't only about him doing it, but, like, it's about there's mutiny. There's, like, he's not following the path. He's not, fo- he's not following me. I'm embarrassed in front of my teammates. And so I kind of play it off. I double down, you know. Well, if you guys want to follow him and take the full loop, you can go ahead and follow him. I'm taking the shortcut. And I go th- through the shortcut. Fast forward to the end of that season. I ended up having a pretty good year. Our team wasn't good. We were 10 and 16, but I finished my career as a pretty solid. My, my one thing that I uh, accomplished was, one of, the, one of the things I accomplished that was significant was I, I left the school as the, as the leading uh, field goal percentage the all-time leader in field goal percentage. So I had a pretty decent, pretty good career. Fast forward to the end of Scott Bergman's career. Scott Bergman was an All-American. Scott Bergman, in a game against Anderson University, which you probably know here in Indiana, Anderson, scored 50 points in one game against Anderson. Now, I don't care what level you're at. We were, we were NCAA Division three. I don't care if you're Division One, Two, Three, NAIA high school. Fifty points is fifty points. I mean, that's <laughs> incredible. But I think that as as I think back on this, the regret that I have is I wonder how much better could I have been if I would have had an attitude like Scott that I'm not going to compromise, that I'm not going to take shortcuts because it just wasn't about that one moment. And I'm going to have Pastor John come back up here in a second. It wasn't just about that one moment. It was an attitude that I carried with me. I was, I was willing to take shortcuts. Just, I mean, that's just plain and simple. Not in every single aspect, but in some. And Scott wasn't. But, you know, I think the thing that, that probably I have the most regret about is not necessarily just with me personally, but the fact that I led others to take the shortcut. There were a few guys who followed him, but there were more guys that followed me. First Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven says this Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 
and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We're going to jump right in. Number Point number one starts with the starting line. There's a starting line. The starting line is that we are all running a race. We are all in the race. We are all competing. I do not believe that this, this situation that Paul is talking about is a salvation issue. As, though, as with Brad, even though he cut the loop, Brad is still on the Bluffton team. He was still a participant. He got sidetracked, though, in what he was supposed to do. And that was to win the game. Paul, and as you'll clearly see, talks a lot about athletes and attitudes and what that is towards winning. So as we look at the starting line of what he's talking about, we need to talk about but what are we winning? All you have to do to really take a good look at what winning is, is take a look back at the context in verse 19. Just go back just a little bit. It says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I become weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. When you get in the starting line, you need to know what race you're racing. Do you remember as a little kid, you would go on a race and be like, hey, I'm racing you to the tree? And first one to the tree, but then usually if you lost, you'd be like, okay, now we're running back because maybe I got another shot. Or you would set up obstacle courses to make it a little bit different. But you had to accomplish these things to win the race. Some of you, just this last week, we... We had people raise their hand to talk about like, hey, I want this relationship with Christ. I want it to grow. I want, I want to be in that process. That means if you're doing that, you are representing Christ. If you're a believer here, you represent Christ. You are in the race. You are running. You are wearing the outfit that shows that I am, a, as we said in Sunday school, a Jesus follower. I am a Jesus follower. Let's just think, though, for a second. If we're a Jesus follower, what would a good, no, what would a great coach do? He'd train you to win. He would train you to win and love others in a way to have them love the gospel. Looking back, 
Do you not know? Let's look back at the verse in 24 we just talked about. Do you not know those who run in the race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Just like today, sports played a huge part to the Corinthians. Isthmia games were the second biggest games to the Olympic Games. They knew what it took to be in athletics, sports. It usually took 10 months of training where you had to be in there. And we talked about this a, a few months ago about that process. And all of us, what's really funny, and Brad's story is a great example, but we all know when we see someone going really hard and working really hard. But we also know when we see someone being really lazy. You can play the first video of this. You can see, oh, he's... Okay, he got out at first, but let's see why he got out at first. And I'm just going to jog. I'm going to jog. Oh, no, I, I can get there. We watch it just like this play. As it hits a second, he drops the ball because we think it's not good. And as you can see, the effort and what is going on when we train and when we run a race. These are, this, this guy has made more money at that bat than I have my entire life. Millions, but that's... And all of us see it. And we know it. Paul often used competition. Actually, he uses up to 12 different examples from that of boxing, of gladiators, of chariot races, and running about how to run the race. What are we running? What direction are we running? And what effort we're doing that. Once you get in the race on its way, though, it's how you run. And that leads to point number two, your running form. It talks about run in such a way that you may obtain it. Paul tells us to train and compete as athletes who really want to win. You just heard how many times it just said win others. Without effort, nothing can be won in a sporting event as you just saw. But I do want to get this out there. Some believers have began to live as if holiness is the way to Christ. That's false. Christ is the way to holiness. Christ is the way to holiness. Living holy does not shock or you can't do it. When you're closer to Christ, that's when you see the fruit. That's when you see the proper running form. When you're close to coach, and we talked about what a good coach would do. A good coach would train you, would, would push you, make you, and show you so you can produce fruit. That's why you have to be connected to Christ, the trunk. That's how you produce fruit. You don't produce fruit on yourself. This is not a works-based salvation. This has... This is to have your heart, your mind of the Holy Spirit, to have the focus of Christ. He studied the Father. Jesus studied the Father. You see that because he got caught being at the temple as a young boy. He prayed. You see that all the time throughout Scripture. He went and got away. He discipled others. He had the 12 disciples. He was also bold. 
He was in the temple flipping over tables. He knew where he was going. He even knew what was going to happen if he went back to Jerusalem. He knew he was going to die. But the thing is, is he knew where he was going. He knew the direction he was going. And we can have that too with the Holy Spirit. So many times we don't know where we're going and we're like, oh, sure. Are we connected with God? Is God with us? Is the Holy Spirit leading us? And with that, are we training the best? Are we running form the form of what God wants us to do? Are we just picking and choosing what we want and just flailing our arms, beating the air? Because this is the way I've always done it. This is the way it's always happened at Bluffton. So we're going to continue it. Even though coach is saying, no, this is the right way. How many times have I been like, oh, I know better than that person <laughs> in our lives? And that's just a human how many times have we said to Christ, I know better? I know better. And that means you're not giving your best effort. You're not running. It says run in such a way to win the prize. Guzik talks about Paul saying this, an athlete must refuse things that may be fine in themselves, but will hinder the pursuit of his goal. Even so, the Corinthians must refuse things they are, they are fine in themselves like the meat sacrificed to idols, as the discussion in the reading, because having them may hinder the pursuit of an important goal, an imperishable crown, a heavenly reward that will never pass away. So therefore, back when I was, uh, when I was running, uh, I ran track and cross country, and I only did that for basketball, but I decided I was giving up all pop, soda. I was just drinking water. Or I would water down the, the, the like Gatorade drink or whatever. And I really wanted to do that. Was pop in itself wrong? No. But my end goal was something deeper, was something bigger. And that's what Paul's talking about. Therefore, and this is we're back with Paul talking, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. And when it means bring it into subjection, it literally means to lead about as a slave. Paul wouldn't let the world and things of the flesh lead him, but things of God. How many times do we let fleshly things lead us? How many times do we let the things of the world guide us, direct us? It only takes one second, too. Don't, you could have a great week. Things are going well, and it only takes one second. Let's play this part of the video. Oh, the guy of Oregon's going to win. But he starts celebrating. Look, hey, everyone, look at me. And then, oh, no. How'd that happen? We can, we can play like, oh, yes. Because for two seconds, it was about him. Two seconds, he lost where he was going. He lost the direction. And that leads to point number three. And point number three is the finish line. The finish line. He forgot the main goal. 
Brad gave a great and valuable life story. He shared that he, at that time, didn't really know where the finish line was. He saw the finish line at that time as that drill, as that run, as that was his finish line. Where Brad's friend saw the finish line somewhere else, somewhere different. How many of us, and I thank Brad for it, and he's being modest up here. He was a very good basketball player. Not better than me, but very good. <laughs> very good. Actually, I'm not going to say it because it would be on camera, but I would want to say something else. But he was very good. No, he was. But even he was talking about the questions of what could I have been? Because the finish line for him was something different in that moment. As we see that, what I love about that is Paul sees himself as that as well. When he says, least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What he's talking about is he's just not announcing the rules or not just saying this, that he too is participating. How many of us, when we're running the race, get really worried about other people's form or other people's finish line, but we're not worried about ourselves? We're not running with good form, but we rather really worry about someone else. Because what happens is I don't have to focus on my running form. I don't have to focus on doing my best because it's easier to look at someone else. Because if someone else is a little bit behind me, haha, I'm better than them. And then we start judging by the world standards. We judge that by the world standards. And I'm telling you, Christ doesn't judge that way. Never has, haven't seen it in scripture. He doesn't view it that way. So even I, as I preach these words, I have to continue to check myself. And what's so unique is Brad had even that opportunity when they were both standing, looking at each other like, this is a pivotal moment. Brad could have turned and gone the other way, but he doubled down. How many times of us when we've been caught in sin, we double down? We double down because, ah, the flesh. We're not called to do that. We're called to repent and we're still right back on it. We're still wearing the jersey, we're still there. You know what, it's a gracious God, a loving God and he is saying, let's keep running. What I want us to look back, if you look back at verse 22, Paul says, even if you run and train at the highest level, not everyone follows Christ in that sense. It says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. You could, one, you're not in control of it. It's a God and them thing. But we're in a relationship with God and we're called to live. But he says it might save some. The thing is, is you've already won. You've already won the race. You just want other people to win too. You want to show them this is where we're going. This is the finish line. Through salvation, you have already won. Do we run the whole race through showing of our faith, our prayer life, our serving our neighbors, so that they too can have total victory? 
What in your life right now hinders you from running the race? Get rid of it. If it's Netflix, get rid of it. If, it's, if that's what you're running to win, if, if helping other people find Christ and there are things that are hindering it, then do it. If your number one goal is to become an artist, then you block out a bunch of other stuff, correct? You would probably go get paint supplies. You would probably go get a bunch of stuff to become the best artist you would do. And that would take time and sacrifice from other things. Correct. That's what Paul's challenging us with. I, I want us to play this video here. This video uh, is from by Derek Redmond. And uh, I just, it's a 400, it's in the semifinals. It's 1995. They're gonna actually show a clip of the man right there. Quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. Olympic Stadium as Redmond, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. Did he not just give his all? It's not about you. What I love about that clip is the Father. Father comes and brings you home. The Father directs you to the finish line. When everything else is bad, you've blown a hammy. Things around you don't make sense in the world. Things have gone bad. What I love is the Father's there. The Father takes you home. Well, I also love the guy trying to come in and tell him you can't do this, and the Father says, get away. He's mine. 
that's my son. None of the rule, not, he's my son and I am bringing him home. That is running the race well. That is running because he's got the jersey on. He represented Great Britain in that moment, but we represent Christ. And I'm telling you, some people are going to have to be crawled across the line, but I tell you who's going to be carrying you home. It's Jesus. It's the Father. You can't do it on your own. You can't run. You might, you might be one of those other people that think, oh, I'm going to win this thing called life. It's the Father. That's winning. That is not works-based salvation. That isn't what it is. It's you're with the Father and you win because you know Him. And you want other people to win too because you've been carried home. You want other people to be carried home because here's the shocking thing. You know other people are hurt too. They're limping. They're going through stuff, but we try to hide it. Let's not hide it because it brings glory to God in those moments. Many of you raised your hand last week. And some people have been like, hey, what, what's going on? We've decided that we want to have, and if you saw, there's a table on the back. We're going to have a couple people back there after church service. And if you have questions or you have concerns, and it might be like, I'm, I want to know more about baptism. Or I might want to know more about prayer. Or you're just like, hey, I want someone to pray with me. We want to create that because we're all on the same team. We want to be a church that supports, that loves, encourages, and goes alongside with people. And if you want to, go back there. And I'll tell you this, they might not know every answer. You might go back there and be like, I've always wanted to know about justification. And they might be like, we'll get back to you. But I'll tell you this, too many times we've just walked out of the church and we haven't taken next steps. We haven't trained ourselves to be it. Maybe it's, hey, I need to sign up for a discipleship group because I need another man or another woman to hold me accountable because this is the direction I want to go. I don't know what that's for you, but Christ has put something on your heart. Maybe it's just like, I need to know where to start reading. So we're going to have a couple people back there. If not, at least be nice to them back there and say, love you. But that's the encouragement that I ask. Because even Brad said this. He said his regret was taking people the wrong way. But you can take people on the right path. Because you know the way. So show them the way by the way you run. Let's stand and let's sing.